Father, we are all together thankful for your holy presence. I want to talk to you all. Are you thankful that presence of God is here with you? This question, have you found anything more precious from this? Have you tried to look for something more precious? We probably all did. But have you found something more precious? I didn't. I didn't. That really dark night when I didn't know what to expect, I just said to Jesus, if you are real, if you exist, like my grandmother told me, come to my life, forgive me. I didn't know what to expect. I was never read anything, have never read anything, didn't see any church, never read the Bible. That really dark night, uh, I was so surprised. I experienced His presence, His presence, that really thick love, uh, forgiveness and acceptance, that love which was looking at me and never saw my horrible sins, He saw me. He saw my heart which was calling for Him. And first time in my life I experienced uh, what is to be accepted and loved just the way I was as I stand here. And from that night, I want to say that I I have never tried anything else and never wandered anywhere else. But every time when I was wandering off, I was remembering that dark night and I understood that there was everything what I wanted, what my heart always wanted that real presence of God. And I can tell you today, never no one in this earth, no yogas or meditations. Uh, next uh, week we're going to talk about that. Never ever will satisfy or uh, give you experience as it gives uh, from His Spirit. And Father, we are so grateful and we don't want to take for granted your presence. And forgive us whenever our heart wandered off. Because your presence is most important. And this is the house of prayer and only you, Jesus, will be glorified and worship. And let's all say Amen. And let's sit down now. We can, we could, if you want. Yesterday, I left all my uh, sermon somewhere where I was, and I couldn't get it back. So today, I wrote something else, better one. Really, I left it somewhere. Yesterday. Before I speak today, I want to remind you Whoever who already heard it, and who haven't heard it, I will tell you that example which I already mentioned not once. And if whoever will see in their heart, maybe you wanna, uh, maybe you wanna do a play, or maybe it would be good to paint a painting just to leave somewhere here as we could see visual, visual visualized version of this example. Because I believe that 
we have uh, already went through first type of church, second type of church, and now we are moving to the third type of church. Let's not go back to first and second, but just uh, do everything what we can to go to the third type, because the price is very big. I'm going to speak about this version of church, number three type. When we were gathering a church, we were coming to the house. I didn't know that this is a church. So many people accepted Christ. People would come drunk and would go uh, away sober. Healings would happen. Uh, they would they were going to divorce, but came, and they didn't divorce. They still lived together. So many good things happened uh, when we started, and when I prayed in the garden, please God send us a pastor. And if I would know that answer that it's me i would never have asked god for the for the pastor i remember how horrible how horrible i'm scared he was telling me i don't need anything you know anything you think i just need your heart i'll give you the wisdom i will give you the knowledge for 20 more years here in the church you know, I'm just the same person as you, and I don't know what to do, but God gave me wisdom all these times. He was very faithful. When His wisdom comes, everything goes into places. And then I understood that this is my responsibility now. And I remember we were going to Kensington Temple, to our central church. Darius was uh, driving. I was with my child, Paulus. And suddenly I saw a vision. Uh, it's not like I went out of the car. Uh, it was a very quick, quick vision, like a painting in my head. And I saw three churches, three types. First one I saw, first and second I saw people, your fa their faces, their attitudes, uh, their moods. First church was really like long faces, very serious people, very righteous, really clean and tidy, really big Bibles, big Bibles, uh, walking really um, like honored. And just everyone is so righteous, one more than the other. And I was really scared of that, that type of the church, full of religion, full of the law, full of righteousness, not from God, but from a man. And that's a horrible, uh, really horrible church. Who, who have ever been to that church? Raise your hands and don't lie. You, uh, of course you've been to that church. Not once. Uh, uh, our sinful nature really wants to be in that church. I'm better than you. I'm not smoking already. You are still smoking. So you know this kind of, this type of church. And it's not a good place to be. And second type of church he showed me. I called it a place of stupid people. Everyone is like almost a church, almost a disco, you know, hallelujah, hallelujah. And everyone's just shouting, God is good, God is good. A bit crazy picture. 
but really those people were really tight by the sin. They were like, the mm, sin was around them like a snake and they didn't see that. They were just shouting, everything will be fine. God is good. Hallelujah. Everything is good and everything is beautiful, but it's not. Whoever was in that church, raise your hands. I think it's my thinking. If you have not been in a first and second, you're not going to get into type uh, three of the church because we have to just be in those places to understand it's wrong. And then suddenly it's like, oh, I understood the third type now, the third type. I cannot even express uh, when I went to this type three church, I knew that there is many, many people, like a sea of people, and I did not uh, see their faces. I only saw a big, big crowd of people. I didn't know who they are, what they had, how they looked. I didn't see that. And when I came in to that type three church, have you ever saw the... Mm, uh, the uh, twilight of the sun, like when the sun is covered by the moon. And, you know, everyone is waiting for that really, like, important event happening, looking at that sun, it's going to be covered, and they all looking up. So something like that, how I can express this feeling. When you come into that type of church and you fix your eyes exactly to the same place where everybody is looking, because that's where this amazing light comes, love, joy, holiness, peace. Everything comes from that spot where everybody is looking, and then it kind of, uh, the light kind of uh, hits everyone personally and then breaks and then uh, breaks when hitting everyone and then it hits the one next to him and I didn't understand what was that but it was so good to see and be there and then God told me I want you to lead my church the the third type <laughs> And I'm like, God, are you joking? I don't even understand what you're talking about. Maybe first or second I could do, but I don't even understand what is the third one. I don't really get it uh, 100%. I told you, God, I told you in that garden, why did you call me? <laughs> and God said to me, you will do it if you're not going to take away my eyes, your eyes from me. Ask me, ask me if I didn't turn my eyes from him in this 20 or more years. Ask me, I will tell you. Of course I did. And now I turned my eyes from him and again and again. And probably last few years it was difficult. It seems like I know all these ways to turn my eyes from him. And it's, it's already good. Because if I already know, I'm not going there again. And now I understand how he said, don't turn my eyes, your, your eyes from me. Now I understand more. But before, I'm like, am I going to mm, the moon or what? I don't even know where to start uh, 
to prepare to fly there. So my understanding was not good, good enough. But through all this time, God was so faithful. He was teaching me personally, uh, teaching the way, that way, where my eyes is straight looking to the Jesus, not to your sins, not to you, not to him, not to your house, not to your car, but to Jesus. My eyes are fixed on Jesus. He was teaching me this. And I believe we have now stepped into I'm not like talking about this to motivate you. I am a positive person, but I'm not talking because I'm positive. I have, um, I believe that we have stepped into this real free type of the church where the church of God in the world will be seen. I think this is really globally, it's not only us. I believe we live in these times where God will start showing to this world what is the Church of God. So, in this life we can still see what is the Bride of Jesus. I believe that this earth it did not yet seen so many revivals in this world happened, even uh, to the first church as we look and through the history. But whatever is coming is something else, something we have never seen before. Do you want to be a part of it? Because I really want, really want, and whatever it takes. And I would lie to myself if I would say, well, there is a price, but you know, and I live and I understand the price is big. If we want to step in into this place where He wants us to step in, because it's going to, there will be a price. We, of course, uh, um, carry our own cross, which we are given from Him, being faithful to Him. It doesn't matter. And I don't know how your life will look. And whoever, uh, who is it, uh, Peter probably? Oh, Jesus said to Peter, well, you will be crucified uh, and head down, you know. And it's not going to be how you imagined it to be. And Peter is like, what's going to happen to John? Mm. So maybe it's going to be better for him. <laughs> of course, I'll have to be crucified. And what about my brother here? I know, and I'm uh, so crucifixial already, and what about them? Injustice. So whatever, whatever way you will have, it's going to be for me, it's going to be for you. We're not going to say, oh, mine is better than yours or whatever. If we want to go to that holy, wonderful place, we have to just follow that narrow road, whatever it looks like. And if God gives you, gives, if He gives a bit a narrower road than from some somebody else, then He's gonna give you grace. So it was an introduction to my sermon. Let's read few few verses from the Bible. Uh, my one sister says. Uh, don't say you're going to read because you didn't, usually you don't, so let's read straight away. 
Galatians, Galatians 5, verses 1-6. And then Galatians 5, 13-26. So let's read. For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Look, I, Paul, say to you that if you accept circumcision, Christ will be of no advantage to you. I testify again to every man who accepts circumcision that he is obligated to keep the whole law. You are severed from Christ, you who would be justified by the law. You have fallen away from grace, for through the Spirit, by faith, we ourselves eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness, for in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith working through love. For you were called to freedom, brothers and sisters. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself, but if you bite and devour one another, Watch out that you are not consumed by one another, but I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. The woes are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, orgies, and things like these. I warn you as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law, and those who belong to Christ, Jesus, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by Spirit, let us also keep the step with the Spirit. And then Ephesians 2, 8, 10 says, for, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not the result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his work, workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which good prepared brother beforehand that we should walk in them. And you know, if you're coming back and because you're thinking you do good stuff, you, you if you think that you're saved not by grace, but by your works, you are like saying, me, 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 I am doing it, I am good enough, I am righteous, I am, I am. If you start again going through your flesh, and through the things you can see, you know, should we, should we put, uh, uh, should we cover our faces or not? Should we circumcise men or not? And if you are, you know, not like that, then you're not good enough. 
he says, that's it. You are closing the window of grace because you are not accepted because you are so mm, righteous, but because he is righteous and he has given yourself for you. So, so you could have open heavens because of his grace. You can come to him anytime, run to your God anytime, and this is a gift of grace. No person can do it himself. This is a gift from God. And he says, always keep this grace, which is actually the main thing to keep you going. And then he says, but wait, there is another side when you come to him, understand that so many things gonna be left out, all your fleshly desires, all these fleshly desires, which are there when you accept Christ. Is it only me? Because so many things fleshly desires we left with even if we accept Jesus. You know, some things they they suddenly they just stop existing. Like I could never smell alcohol when I started believe. I I couldn't really smell or taste alcohol. That's it. It was stopped. But other things uh, stayed, and I had to fight. Uh, self-control, for example, to to really listen to his voice uh, uh, in every this little detail. Grace didn't say, you know, just be relaxed and do whatever you want, and there is grace. This is not gospel. This is not Christianity. And you know, if you don't know the Bible, it's easy to mm, just lie to you. And if you don't know the Bible, you probably believe in them. And it's going to appeal, be appealed to my body, to my fleshly desires. And, you know, people say, do whatever you want, live like you want, and God really loves you. But if I'm going to lie to you, if gonna, I'm going to say this. Because not everything will be okay if we're going to follow our flesh. Because it's going to destroy us, going to destroy people around us. And we're going to open doors to devil. And then it's not only fleshly desires, but, uh, you know, strongholds from the evil one. And it's not God's will. And it's going to keep us going to bad places. And the main thing of this sin is to harden our hearts. It's not going to steal something from you or, you know, make you die quicker. But the main thing is to harden your heart. Uh, to the Lord, and we're going to speak about this more and more throughout this year, so we will see more light in these things, because we have to be in that uh, really good middle, not too much the gray side, not too much on the law side. Uh, you know, when a person doesn't understand um, God's uh, Unconditional love, we will start, you know, uh, taking the law into consideration. Uh, yesterday, Darius uh, uh, put a video on from Beckton Church where I was young, when I was young and beautiful. <laughs> uh, and even then, you, are, you were saying, I will repeat it again. Uh, I'm just not changing in the, uh, this. 
I'm gonna say it again now. When we don't understand God's unconditional love, we gonna um, shift to this uh, uh, side of the law and self-righteousness. In this very ugly first church, which I the type of the first type of the church, where there is there is no uh, for, um, repentance, but more like self-righteousness. Mm. And if, you know, I stop doing something uh, by my own will, for example, uh, stop swearing. Uh, I just stop swearing. And you, you are still swearing. And I, um, and I catch you in this. And this, if this, you know, I'm not swearing, comes from your self-righteousness. What else I cannot do? I cannot over it. I'm not going to over it. I cannot look at, at uh, other women. God help. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do this and this and this. And, and even uh, stronger will. But people, they can look very like uh, very good from outside, but there is no repentance really, real repentance. And if you just not swearing because you decided not to, and you're so good and so on, and I'm also telling it to everyone, I'm thinking of it quite often that I'm not really doing that, and I am seeing other people doing that. I'm like, oh. They are still doing that, you see, and they are also lifting their hands. They're still swearing and worshiping God. Look at them, <sighs> hypocrites. And I heard this one is doing that and that one is doing that. Horrible people. Have you never heard of this? No, no. We're, we're living in some other church. The other, in the other side of the road. Yeah. This is like a sign. There is no repentance. When there is repentance for the Jesus Christ which comes, real repentance from the, His grace. Oh God, you will be just thankful. Oh my goodness, I have a clean lips, I have clean mouth. Listen what God did to me. When I was fleshly, I'm like, oh, I, I bless these people who are now swearing because this is so hard. God is so gracious. He cleaned my lips. He can clean lips as well. Clean your lips as well. And you know that this purity came not from you, but from His grace to you. And you know, we, we spoke to Darius once in the car, just randomly thinking, where is the difference when person is really trying hard by himself and when the Spirit leads you to the freedom? One of the main things, when you really follow the Spirit, you are in the end of your road. You know, I can be very nice when a pastor comes to my house and love my wife and serve people. I, I can kind of really try hard and do it for that one moment. But he, God, is not talking about this change. He's talking about the real deep change from... And you're going to go to that end of the road and you will understand that I am that filthy person. 
really dirty from the he uh, head to the toes. And if you're not going to set me free, I'm going to die in this filthiness. I can really show my nice face, yes, but it's going to be really short. It's not going to be real. And I hate it. I hate it. I don't want it. person who lives in the presence of the Lord, he hates sin. You know, if you live in His grace, one of the signs are that you really hate sin. You might struggle with something, you might still fight with something, but you really hate it. You, it's like not yours. When you look at other people's sins, you feel like, God help him, God help him. This person does not even see it, does not even see what in his throat, what yeah, this sin is attached. And if you're going to walk in His presence, you're not going to point fingers at people. I know what's in your heart, but I am not sure what is in mine. Funny. <laughs> but in your heart, all these bad things. I'm going to tell you the secret. If you really are distracted with someone else's behavior, Probably this thing is really inside of you and you don't really realize yet. Uh, and if someone is like this and it's really allergic reaction for you, then it's probably inside of you even like 10 times bigger. So one side of it, when we don't understand unconditional love of God, and uh, the law, uh, you know, the... Uh, law will come. And when we don't understand uh, with fear of the Lord, chaos will come. The devil will come into your life. You can say, oh, but yes, uh, horrible things will come which God never ever told, uh, planned for you. And whoever decided, you know, uh, not to have the fear of the Lord, opened all these belts and tried to play with a fire and hope you're not going to burn. This, this is the, such a foolishness. It's such a foolishness. And if we're going to go to that side, we, we will be godless. We're going to find some uh, phrases we say which are really not from the Bible. And it probably sound like, sounds like a grace. And uh, about these two sides, I was thinking, and about the prodigal son I remembered. And, and I was thinking about these two uh, uh, sides. When the prodigal son started to repent with the pigs, he suddenly understood the repentance is this understanding where you are and 180% uh, turning around from it, deciding not to have anything to do with the pigs. It's not just little sorry. You're looking at it and you're like, I don't have anything in common. And when that, when that sin comes, don't say, you know, uh, come tomorrow, God, don't play these games. When he is knocking, when he's showing you all these pigs of yours, just turn around and run. Have fear of the Lord. 
It's not like I'm scared of him. I'm scared of him. He says, come to my holy presence and worship me and repent. It's not like you're scared, but you fear him because the sin separates you from me. I'm going to repeat. Be afraid to lose my presence because sin separates you from God. You know, the, the sin is when you know what you're doing, you're still doing it, and your heart starts to harden and harden. God is not uh, going, you know, turning away. He says, I will never leave you and forsake you. What happened with the prodigal son? Father was waiting for the son all the time. He was not rejecting the son. He was waiting. He was crying. He was praying. He, he had sent some people. He was dreaming dreams about that son who will come back. He knew where his son is and what horrible situation. God stayed faithful. Son decided to go away. And sometimes we think like, oh, Father will come somehow, find me, you know, shake me a bit. Well, God is not a God of... Uh, um, he's not going to make you. Yeah. He will give you choose uh, when the Son left uh, because it was always everything like Father wants and there is no freedom for the Son. You know this. So he's saying, so your freedom would not be mm, will for your flesh because fleshly desires are also against God, also going against God. It's like a channel for the devil. The uh, devil cannot just straight away go to your spirit. He uh, comes through your flesh. So flesh will always have to be hang on the cross. He have, has to be uh, crucified all the time. And the son says, no, I'm f I fed up with it, you know. It's everything about Father. It's not about me. I have to do everything what God the uh, Father says, like I don't have an opinion. I also know how to live. And also all these, you know, uh, uh, godly uh, uh, and we can see all the situation where the prodigal son had all this uh, um, fall of his life. And you sometimes, uh, all these traumas happen in our life. Uh, it, it is really a grace, because otherwise we would probably sleep. Like Mantvedas last Sunday, he uh, was saying, you know, you are all in this all comfort zone, so you're like sleeping. Look, you're you know, doing so great, doing so great. Grace is so great everywhere. And that son uh, with all, all the pigs he understood, he turned away from the sin and he said, I'm gonna, I decided to ask for forgiveness of my father. Maybe he will give me grace. He understood what he's done. He has done. He understood, remembered that Father is a good Father, and maybe He will be gracious. And that's how he decided to come to the throne of grace. He left all the pigs. He left all the old life. He says, "I'm not going back there. I'm running to the Father again." 
that is the repentance when he turns away from all these pigs. So think about that. And on the way to the father, for example, if the older son would meet him first, not the father would meet him, but the older son, what do you think would have happened with that person, with the prodigal son? There will be no pigs, no father. If that elder brother would have met him first, oh God, you know from the, all his righteousness you, that he knows what do you want here, what do you think, you're gonna come here like that, you know, so, so dirty now, you broke everything, and now you think you're just gonna come in, just ask for forgiveness like this, just like that, just forgive me, Father, and you think he's gonna just forgive you? That's how it's forgiven. Just forget about in what kind of fairy do you read it. Have you forgotten how much money of father you've wasted? And how much I had to work for you, you know, for two, remember? This is the most important. I had to do your job. So, you know, on and on and on, if that mm, older brother would have met him in the middle. That would be horrible. What would have happened to the prodigal son? He really would have believed it. It was really making sense. His, uh, he was still smelling from the pigs. His uh, feelings and emotions were mixed up. And his sin was uh, really you know, near to him. He was very close to him still. And it would have killed him. And how often we do this mistake, someone turns around, comes to the Father, and we start, you know, to teach him, to preach him, and just tell him what to do, what he did wrong, and so on. And what if the old elder son would come to that prodigal son, just to help him, let's say, fi find him near the pigs, and tell him, oh, uh, looking good with all these pigs, but you know, don't worry, don't worry. God is really good. God really loves you. He's gonna, you're gonna be fine. You're gonna be fine. These pigs not gonna kill you. You know, God is a God of grace. He's good. He forgives you. He blesses you. You know, because it's a gift from God. He's gracious. It's good that you're still with pigs, you know, eating still together, so just be thankful, you know. So it's probably the spirit for for you, but you're going to, you know, go out of there, you're going to be better, maybe some sandwich will be given to you. And this peace is not real, this hope is not real. What would have happened to this prodigal son there as well? He would have just died with the pigs to live he has to turn away and come back to the Father so the grace would be poured, the healing would be poured to him. Let's be very careful with ourselves and with others. Let's not go into the... Yeah. Let's not think that we know better. Let's fight our fight, even if it's hard. Even if it's hard, nobody understands, but... Uh, but you know where you're moving. And a few more places from Bible. 
I don't really want to read somehow, but let's Gal Galatians 6.1. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you to be tempted. So it says, okay, if you can see that someone is really in a sin, it's not like, you know, from your righteousness come and say, but you coming from with a fear of the Lord coming to him. I'm like more, uh, it's not my business. It's not really nice situation, so I'm not going to get involved. Like, I'm more like this. But church has to be acting from both sides. Church has to be gentle for them who are turning around and leaving the sin. We have to be supportive. We have to, you know, hug them and say, you are in the right place. I'm so, so happy for you. God did not forgive you, but he will never remind you about this. If someone will remind you, just turn around and walk away because God forgave you. But from the other side as well, you can see someone is stuck somewhere and is playing all these games with this sin. He says, brothers, just be, you know, just watch. Uh, each other you know you have to just shake him a bit say oh come on brother do you think it's gonna be okay it's not let's you know turn around uh, let's uh, put this old clothing away and walk together to this new life and it is our responsibility the churches and sometimes we mix it up you know, we stroke those people who are in the sin and whoever is repenting, we're like, uh, you know, putting more pressure. And we have to be very careful. Someone is uh, maybe still, you know, falling and standing, falling and standing. He probably hates the sin. He's trying and trying, fighting and finding, and you're like, oh, coming and, you know, rejecting him. We have to walk in the Spirit so we would understand how to help. Whoever need, needs to be, you know, uh, shaken, we have to do that. And whoever we need to, you know, strengthen and stroke, we have to do that as well. God is working through church. And then that last uh, verse from the Bible, 2 Corinthians 12, 20, 21. 2 Corinthians 12, 20, 21. For I fear, Paul says, For I fear that perhaps when I come, I may find you not as I wish, and that you may find me not as you wish, that perhaps there may be quarreling, jealousy, anger, hostility, slander, gossip, conceit, and disorder. I fear that when I come again, my God may humble me, may God will humble me before you, and I may have to mourn over many of those who sinned earlier and have not repented of the impurity, sexual immorality, and sensuality that they have practiced. He says, brothers, it's not funny. If I come again and the same situation is happening, uh, you don't want to see me there and I don't want to see you there. 
and then 1 Corinthians 5, 1, 13. That's quite long. I have never read this uh, verse ever in 20, more than 20 years. How many years I'm preaching here? More than 20. I have never read this verse. But the, this uh, verse exists. It is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you and of a kind that is not tolerated even among pagans. For a man has his father's wife, and you are arrogant. Ought you not rather to mourn? Let him who has done this be removed from among you. We're not practicing these kind of things. For though absent in body, I am present in spirit. And as if present, I have already pronounced judgment on the one who did such a thing. When you are assembled in the name of the Lord Jesus, and my spirit is present, with the power of our Lord Jesus, you are to deliver this man to Satan for the destruction of the flesh, so that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord. Your boasting is not good. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? Cleanse out the old leaven that you may have a new lump, as you really are unleavened. For Christ our Passover lamb has been sacrificed. sacrificed. Let us therefore celebrate the festival, not with the old leaven, the leaven of malice and evil, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. I wrote to you in my letter not to associate with sexually immoral people, not at all, meaning the sexual immoral of this world, or the greedy and swindlers, or idolaters, since when you would need to go out of the world. But now I am writing to you not to associate with anyone who bears the name of prayer. If he is guilty of sexual immorality or greed or is an, an idolater, reveler, drunkard, or swindler, not even to eat with such a one. For what have I to do with judging outsiders? This verse is so terrifying to me, uh, even personally, but it's really so important. It's clear here. We're not talking about, uh, you know, falling and then coming up. It's talking about you are sitting with pigs yourself and you saying everything is okay. And you saying that, you know, see visions and get word from God. Only thing I will believe that he is telling you to stop sinning and going out of, you know, being with pigs. But if you're living uh, understanding what you're doing and you're thinking you're going to just slide through, let the fear of the Lord come. And this is the healthy thing. When you start thinking, you're not going to slide through with the sin. You have to stop it. I don't know how. Maybe you say to yourself, you stop it. But you know that you have to stop it. And you bound down to, the, to his throne. I come to some brother and sister and tell them my sins because I know I'm in trouble. I'm tight. 
I was playing, playing with the fire, and now I'm burning. I'm all tight. I need some help. And God says, don't play these games. He is holy. God is holy. He is pure. And when people say, and when there is revival, there is always repentance. And uh, revival, it's all life of me and you. We always have revival if we have repentance. You know, it's not like I'm revived now once and 10 years I'm sleeping. And I'm revived again and I'm 15 years sleeping. We have to be awake, revived all the time. It means we are in repentance and holiness, in pureness, purity. And if you fall down, you stand up quick. It's not like, oh, you fell. There's no condemnation. You have to, you know, bounce back. And if you stay there uh, and you are okay, it's encouraged not to be with you. It's encouraged to give you to the devil. Let him go to the sin 100% and then all the results could come quicker because not real hope, not real peace would stop, you know. He let him be destroyed in his flesh, but his spirit, his spirit would be saved because God is really interested in our soul, spirit, not in our flesh, really. Probably it's not very popular what I'm saying now. It's like, oh, but when you take it to your heart healthily, you will be walking really in victory. You will be walking in that narrow road and you will see things which people did not see yet because he is for your heart, he's for your purity, he's for your health, he's for your holiness. And if you cannot do it yourself, this is the end of your road. And ask for help, ask for Holy Spirit's help. He will lead you out. It will be praise for the Lord. His righteousness will be done, not yours. His power will break through, not yours. And I'll continue, uh, end like this. Probably the reason that we cannot see the power of God so much, because we cannot, we are not in the holiness, we are not in the fear of the world. And if His power would come down now, I don't know which one will stand uh, alive here, like Ananias and Sapphira, Sapphira I'm not sure. Uh, and yeah, these names, but uh, they wanted to show something more than they actually had in their heart and the death came straight away. That's why that power doesn't come uh, so quick, because maybe we would just be stroke dead, all of us here. That's why the power doesn't come so quick. And you know, the, and then we're all in this corner and the uh, yogis come and meditation come with all their peace. And we're sitting there in the corner, you know, putting the video of the church on and pretending we are a church. But we have to walk the narrow road. We have to be holy. We have to be pure. We have to not live by flesh, but by the Spirit. And I feel God is calling the church to walk that narrow road and he wants to show you his power to show you his purity and then through you and god father i thank you 
Thank you that this purity, you know, clean cleansiness comes of our hearts and bodies. He is the gift of your grace. It is. I know what none of us, we started this journey ourselves, and we will not going to finish it ourselves. And I don't know who, who I spoke today. Maybe really to go out of this, uh, always judging ourselves and fear. Maybe you, uh, if you are in that extreme, just go to the grace of God, leave the old life, go to His holiness, go to the Spirit, go to His, um, ha you know, Father's hands. He's not condemning you. He's happy that you understood and turned around, that you decided to turn around. He really is waiting for you. This decision <laughs> is just wonderful for him. He gives you the, his clothes of righteousness. But if you are in the other extreme where you're playing with a sin, you're playing with a sin, and somewhere inside you still believe everything's going to be fine. If you are in that place, just go out. Don't wait for tomorrow. I don't know what tomorrow brings. Probably not very good things because Bible says so. Thank you, God, for purity, holiness, which is rising in our hearts. That revival where we turn around and we can see where we're standing where we, you know, bound out to your power, to your hand, and we follow our own narrow road which you give. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. I pray for the church, Father. Let us read all of the Bible. I stand before and against all these uh, wrong preachers who put and pick places from the Bible and make doctrines out of it. Let's read all of the Bible with your spirit, with your light, with your power. Whatever we need to be taken out, you will light it up. And we have that straight road and really narrow in the middle, there is your forgiveness as gift, is your grace, is your purity and holiness. There is no fleshly desires there. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. Someone from you, you have this tendency to, um, to be offended. Don't play these games anymore. This uh, being offended is just uh, your pride. If you are there, if you are in this place, just ask for His grace and say thank. Uh, sorry, forgive me, Jesus. Let me see other people and me as you see their actions. Don't let me be more righteous than them. Give me your heart where you on your cross when they beat you up when they crucified you said forgive them for they know not what they do let me see with those these kind of eyes I stand against this offending heart I have 
This pride I have, if something is not like I want, I'm suddenly offended. Forgive me, Jesus. Forgive me, Jesus. I give thanks to you, Jesus. Somebody here letting yourself flirt. You let yourself do that. In the church, in outside the church, your home. From not who you should, you letting yourself. At work, you let yourself flirt. This is not just details. I pray fear of the Lord would come down on you. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the new heart. Thank you for the new eyes, new ears. What you give every single of us, every single one of us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the holy respect that would be in our marriages. That love would we live for each other would be fresh and new in our hearts. That we would experience that with our closest person in the marriage. Thank you, God, but I'm not alone in this road. Even if it looks impossible, you will give me strength, wisdom, power, because sin is defeated, flesh is defeated. You are more, you are more powerful from the one who is in the world. You give to every believer, give to every believer to win always. Even if this fight is so cru cruel, we know we're going to win. Thank you, Father. Just let's stand up, church. And I want to invite whoever wants to pray with me. You know we, what we can ask for. That God would lead us to that pure and holy church He wants to lead us into.